Okay, keep going. Now I'm on the podcast. So what's a podcast? Hello and welcome to What You Talking, a Kim's Convenience podcast. Joining me today is my wife Ruby, and our special guest for today is my cousin Jay. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so today, uh, we're going to take kind of the regular format of where I want to lead the podcast. We're going to kind of focus on uh, the first episode, Gay Discount. Uh, but first, uh, let's talk a little bit about you, Jay. Uh, so I know you because I grew up with you all these years, but uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Oh, well, one background, basically, I grew up in a small town in Aurelia, which is about uh, 130 kilometers away from Toronto, about an hour and a half in uh, cottage country. So basically, for about 23 years, I grew up uh, in a small town. So in Aurelia, it's about uh, 30,000 people, um, known for Stephen Leacock and also the home of Gordon Lightfoot, a famous Canadian uh, folk singer. Yeah, yeah, my parents would definitely know that name. I heard it around the house, but... Uh, so yeah, um, so a town so far from Toronto, did you have a lot of Koreans there? Um, you know what, we actually had quite a few Koreans up in Aurelia. It was a it was pretty much a tight-knit uh, Korean community. Everyone knew each other, all the families knew each other. And what's funny about Kim's Convenience is that uh, I can relate to a lot of stories in regards to growing around or growing up and working in a convenience store because majority of the Korean families up in Aurelia ran all the convenience stores. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Were their last names Kim as well? You know what funny thing is their last names uh, were Kim, Kim, Park, Lee, Choi. Basically, <laughs> those are the four uh, <laughs> top Korean names around. Basically, in terms of like North American names, that's like your Smiths, your Wilsons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the pillars of the Korean name community right there. Um, yeah, and actually, well, as I mentioned, Jay and I are cousins, and that family name that we're a part of is actually Kim as well. That's correct. So basically... Um, my mother and Mike's mom were our sisters. And yeah. so uh, basically our mom's side of the family, they've got the Kim last name. Right, <laughs> right. So how was, how was it growing up at home with uh, Korean parents? I, I mean, again, I, I know your parents, but maybe you could share it with everybody else. Okay, well, I'd say it's a bit of a hodgepodge because, again, <laughs> both of my parents are Korean. They were both born in Korea, but my dad actually, his side of the family... Um, at a very young age, they moved to the Philippines. So they grew up um, in the Philippines for about four or five years. And so my my dad actually went to American school there. So he's pretty much westernized, whereas my mom, um, um, pretty much traditionally Korean, um, they came to Canada at a very young age. I think, I believe my mom was about... 19 or 20 when they came in came to Canada yeah. and they immigrated to Sault Ste. Marie. Right. So um, from my mom's side, I experienced a lot of the traditional Korean upbringing. Being very <laughs> studious when it comes to studying and also um, up in Aurelia, actually, we had a Korean school that uh, we all went right. to. Right. I remember oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because uh, I used to visit Jay in some summers and stay there for like a few weeks. I remember uh, yeah, sitting through those Korean classes, and I don't think much Korean was being learned in those days. <laughs> no, at the time I was a bit of a rascal, and so 
when it comes to convenience, the actual um, show, I kind of see similarities between myself and uh, Jung because <laughs> Jung was considered rebellious, whereas my younger sister, she was always studious. Yeah. She wanted to learn the Korean, whereas myself, in a way, kind of growing up in a small town, you know, I kind of felt, you know, like embarrassed about my Korean culture. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Now, now that you bring up your sister, it. It, she really does remind me of Janet as well, especially when she gets pissed off. Yeah, so she has the same fiery eyes as well, too, and a short temper, and all the cuss words all come out. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, I'm sure you got, like, tons of stories to tell. Uh, let's go a little bit into the episode a bit. So, Gay Discount was the first episode of Kim's Convenience. Your introduction literally to all the characters in like a 20, 25 minute span Um, to just summarize it because I had to watch it and rewatch it. I kind of broke it down into like three parts. Like first is the whole part about the gay discount and Appa kind of uh, dealing with his foot and mouth incident right at the intro. He's talking to Roger and his friend and he introduces a sudden gay discount. And on the next part, we have that whole part with uh, Amma trying to introduce or trying to encourage Janet to meet a cool Christian Korean boy. And uh, yeah, we definitely have stories with that. And the last part, it, it's more everyday Jung. Uh, you see him at Handy. Uh, they introduce Kimchi and Shannon. So yeah, let's let's talk a little bit. I maybe you have some stories about especially the cool Christian Korean boy. <laughs> the cool Christian Korean boy. Um again growing up in Aurelia, since we all went to Korean school and all the Korean store owners knew each other, um many of the um Koreans they're of a Christian or Presbyterian background. So when we went to Korean school, we had a lot of uh Korean church outings and Korean school outings, so right. basically doing a lot of picnics. And so this is basically a kind of a gathering where all the Korean parents are trying to hook up their children. So or hook around, as Oma would say. Exactly. And so basically, it's kind of like arranged marriage. So I remember certain situations where we were at a picnic, and so a certain Korean family member would come up to me, and they'd be like, Oh, Jay, are you a single? Uh, you have a girlfriend? <laughs> uh, you should uh, you should uh, talk to the Hannah. She's a very nice girl. Uh, you know, she's a very studious. She plays piano. Uh, you can tell, you know, you know when you're um, out there and uh, playing the games with all your fellow Korean uh, uh, students, she's very good at soccer. You used to make a good couple and you used to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think that sums up uh, a lot of Haitian parents. But did you did you ever go on any of those hookups? No, I didn't. Back then, I was just a shy little kid, and I thought it was pretty funny how the Koreans had always, you know, with this small community, small Korean community up in a small town, small town Ontario, you know, it was basically try to keep within themselves and try to keep the culture going. So I guess a lot of times this was a way for them to keep the Korean culture going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can. I kind of remember a time when my parents tried to hook me up. It was, uh, we always went to this one Korean restaurant in, in, in Toronto. And uh, my parents got pretty friendly with the, the owners. And there were always these two waitresses, and they were twins. They were always working there. And my mom discovered that, hey, they're the daughters of the owner. Yeah. So they decided, oh, I just realized. <laughs> 
Ruby's here too. <laughs> it's okay. I remember the story. <laughs> so long. Spoiler alert! I'm not one of the twins. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short is. Uh, it took a lot of convincing, but uh, they they eventually got me to somehow go on one of those dates with one of those Koreans in hopes that there'd be something going on there. But yeah, of course, spoiler alert, it did not work out. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a thing that uh, parents do. I guess they're trying to either in my point of view is trying to make something work that worked for them i mean Amma brings up that you know this is how i met your appa right exactly i could totally see that where basically it's like oh yeah when i was uh, your age i had a lot of dates because uh, you know i go to the church and then there's all kind of a nice korean girls that you meet and everything and days introduced and it's a much easier than uh, you know these days where they have all these applications like a uh, plenty of a fish or tinder or match one whereas you know you know their family background and everything and then they try to match you up and that that, that pretty much sums it up yeah <laughs> And if you're wondering, yeah, Jay's accent is uh, pretty practiced. We've been practicing these Korean accents since, as far as I can remember, <laughs> you know, imitating our, our moms, uh, our uncles. Yeah, far back as I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Also going to Korean school as well, too, and acting up and, and trying to imitate all the, um, the Korean teachers. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, just talking a bit about the gay discount thing. Uh, again, in my point of view, it, it sort of, it's sort of Appa being introduced into something new, something different to him. It's, it wasn't that he was trying to be discriminatory or anything right at the get-go, but just him not understanding what everything is. Uh, I'd say it's a bit of a culture shock as well, too, because yeah. mm-hmm. it's not as open. Like here in North America, it's become the norm. More, the norm, it's, it's accepted, it's... Part of everyday life, right? Whereas, like, and I seem to like, I, like in Korean culture, it's more, it's more closed in. It's more conservative. They don't talk about it as much, so it's not open. It's not out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not out there in the mainstream media mm-hmm. like it is out here. Versus Toronto, where you have just a smorgasbord of all these different people, all these different people belonging to different things. Communities, yeah, yeah. communities, all, all walks of and life. And we even have like a celebration once a year. <laughs> Yeah, and they feature the Gay Pride Parade. Which uh, is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've i never seen that in a show before. That's true. For sure. And what what's great about Kim's Convenience is that it truly exemplifies Toronto, the multiculturalism, just mm-hmm. all the different type of people, the different walks of life, the different celebrations. So you definitely get a true feel that it is Canadian and it is truly based in Toronto. It's not some type of show where it's filmed in Toronto and... You're trying to pretend you're from New York or Chicago. Yes. See those a lot. It's true because they introduce a lot of diverse characters like Mr. Chin, who's a reoccurring character, who's played by John Ng. And uh, he's like a good friend of Mr. Kim. And uh, he pops up a lot and he tries to save Mr. Kim from embarrassment right from uh, that other person who's like, hey, why don't I get the gay discount? And he's like, well, you get the Black History Month discount (laughs) (laughs) actually that funny question just popped into my head Mr. Chin and Mr. Mehta are both very good friends of Mr. Kim but are they friends with each other 
it, they've never featured together. That's yeah. been something that's been talked about in the community. It's like, when are Mr. Chin and Mr. Meta meeting up? It's like, do they know each other? It's kind of like Pokeroo. It's like, when Mr. <laughs> when Mr. Chin shows up, where's Mr. Meta? And then when Mr. Meta shows up, Mr. Chin's not around. <laughs> I missed him again. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> so the other thing we get to see is uh, Jung. And Jung were introduced to Kimchi and... The two of them are working at this car rental place, as well as their boss, Shannon, who... Who is this quirky, cool manager, but that seems more like a colleague than a manager. Yeah, she tries to be really friendly, and uh, there's obvious there's something going on because... There's uh, signs signs of a crush going on. Yes, there's definitely tension. (laughs) Yeah, she sees Janet pop into the car rental, and she's like, oh, who's this? It's like, oh, just my sister. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, hi! (laughs) Um, and the other thing right at the end, uh, Appa pops into the car rental and Jung admits to Shen, hey, that's my dad. I can't talk to him. Can you deal with him, please? Mm-hmm. Which so is, you know something's up. Something There's a bigger backstory to there. I mean, right from the first episode, you know that there's something bigger mm-hmm. right from the get-go. So the romantic tension like between Jung and Shannon's introduced right from the first episode. And it kind of draws the audience to want more to see how this relationship develops. And trust me, the audience waits a very long time. <laughs> Almost too long, because I remember the first episode, you kind of see Shannon, you know, glaring at uh, Jung, flipping her hair. and <laughs> All nervous and shy, but wanting to get some attention. Yeah, it was really cute. Yeah, so going back to Cool Christian Korean Boy, uh, one of the funny things that uh, is revealed halfway through the episode is that Oma posts uh, a classified or a church ad saying that they need help at the store. <laughs> but meanwhile, she has a other agenda, try to hook Janet up. <laughs> she has a personal checklist. Yeah, and it, 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 I guess as we said before, it's one of those things where parents try to well, well-meaning parents trying to get in and trying to do something for, for their family, or in this case, trying to hook up their kids, <laughs> so that eventually they marry and start their own good Korean convenience store family. <laughs> but it sounded like Mr. Kim didn't really want Janet to have a boyfriend because he wanted her to take over the store. No. Yeah, that's that's another thing that uh, I don't know. Is it is it a thing that? Parents want their kids to take over, like, the convenience store. I know with my, in my case, my parents have had a business for so long, and they wanted me or one of us, I have a sister as well, to take over the business. But most definitely, I know, like, with my parents, um, in the back of their mind, as they got older, they wanted one of us, either myself or my sister, my younger sister, Kara, to take over the store. And with a lot of Korean families, it's always the same scenario. It was just basically like, oh, you used to go to the university, get education, and then you expand our convenience store. You make all <laughs> kind of a good franchise and take over one day. <laughs> So business is what they expect you to go into instead of art. <laughs> well, I mean, the one thing with starting in your business, like speaking from working in a family business for so long, is that when you build it up from nothing, you really just want to see it grow, mm-hmm. right? You work so hard uh, to build it up for all these years, you just want to see it flourish and continue from there. It's sort of your legacy from there. It's also a lot of independence as well, too, because a lot of Korean families, they come here and basically they're on their own. They don't know the language. And so 
in a lot of cases because of a language barrier they don't feel comfortable working under someone so basically they have it in them to work for themselves mm-hmm. and then create create success um, by creating their own family a successful family business mm-hmm. yeah from what I understand is that uh, there are a lot of like communities or sub communities especially within the Korean community uh, that help to get these immigrant families or Korean families coming from Korea or I guess wherever to start up these businesses kind of to help them start definitely and I remember uh, most of the convenience store owners they all knew each other because they were part of this community called the KBA uh, the Korean Businessmen's Association (laughs) and so basically I know in Toronto they had their own head office and so basically it was like a wholesale shop like Costco where all the uh, the Korean convenience store owners would go to buy all their groceries their um, their merchandise also they would get extra discounts as well too and they'd always have all kinds of yearly picnics and get-togethers Oh wow basically it was a you know, it formed a huge community so that all the community the Korean convenience store owners in Ontario got to know each other Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> During those get-togethers, do they try to hook up their kids as well? Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> oh, this is uh, Mrs. Park from Etobicoke. Uh, she has uh, three daughters. Uh, and uh, I noticed uh, Mr. Mr. Choi over to the left, he has three sons. Oh, there's a perfect match. They have a similar background, you know. Both go to the University of Toronto. Both study very hard. You know, both very good looking. Oh, they they would make a good family. And next thing you know, they come together. They build a huge variety store together. <laughs> so it's not just that church. Not just at church, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely everywhere. <laughs> I thought the ending was really funny because, um, in in my opinion, I always notice that Asian fathers, or generally fathers, I think, are very protective of their daughters, and they would hope that if there's a guy that comes in to pick up their daughter for whatever reason, friend or boyfriend, they would be more hostile. Whereas in Appa's case, I didn't feel that he was that hostile i think that's just more up as character i think he's a little more lenient on janet because of the fact that he was so harsh on jung now maybe another asian thing because i remember growing up my parents well, especially my dad was a lot harder on me than my sister and i, I don't know if that's the same case oh, with you sure. i can definitely uh, relate to that being the first one in the family all the expectation is on you you gotta get straight a grades yeah you gotta dress properly you have a certain curfew you have to be home by a certain time whereas i know it's growing up my sister basically <laughs> i paved the way for my sister she got away with so much stuff she yeah. was always out partying and drinking and she never got in trouble for uh, going out drinking whereas if let's say for example I came back from the movies after midnight next thing you know I'm grounded <laughs> wow yeah. but does that have to do more with because you guys are the sons or is it because you're the older one I would say because of the older one basically I can see now as I've gotten older like growing up when you have kids the oldest child whether you're the oldest son or the oldest daughter it's kind of like a trial and error thing. So basically, <laughs> yeah, it's your guinea pig. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I mean, I remember growing up, and my parents would always say, "You have to set example for little sister, right?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you better be ho- home on time. Huh? You better have a good grade, study hard, 
don't do all these kind of stupid things because your sister, she's a look up to you. She doesn't, she doesn't want to pick up your bad habits. I remember hearing a lot of stories from like the previous generation, like my mom talking about uh, like our, our eldest uncle, and uh, he would be actually more of a father figure to i guess the younger siblings because they were so strict on him like military strict like literally military strict because our family had a military background that's right and uh, they were really tough on that first uncle and then afterwards <laughs> my mom was saying that he was so strict on them made sure that they were studying make sure that they were hitting certain grades also making making sure that their posture was properly <laughs> <laughs> so he was basically like the drill sergeant. When you go outside, hmm, you have to show uh, Kim families are strong. So always walk tall and stand tall and walk straight with a pride. <laughs> <laughs> He's not making this stuff up. This is for, for real. <laughs> and so I'd hear, hear about stories of how my mom was telling me about how he'd actually make sure that uh, he would go through their homework, make sure that they did their homework from school, making sure that they're eating their meals, making sure that they're making their beds. It was very regimented. Yep. yep. So he was a dad in his teens. <laughs> that, that's basically true. <laughs> and even when it came to uh, personal health, he'd always make them do push-ups as well, too, at a young age. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, he would, he would actually ask us to uh, show him a sidekick, because we all used to do martial arts. We all grew up in a martial arts uh, background, and so many of our relatives all were involved with Taekwondo. So yep. uh, basically, it was kind of like a family thing that uh, disciplined everybody. And yep. so um, he would uh, he would see how our skills were by testing us, by making us demonstrate sidekicks. So basically, he'd come up to us and he would be like, okay, you demonstrate sidekick. <laughs> Oh, sidekick is a weak. You do more push-ups. You have no, to no. practice more. <laughs> Another true story. <laughs> but yeah, going back to Appa, uh, it, it is interesting that he's very quick to be accepting of this guy and just straight out say, you know what, Janet, you make the decision that is meant for you. It doesn't matter if I like the guy. It doesn't matter if Oma likes the guy. It just matters if you like the guy, right? Yeah. Uh, but then he quickly <laughs> he quickly quizzes the guy on Korean history before he goes out the door just to you know throw that in, <laughs> <laughs> making sure he he passes everything on that checklist. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's pretty much it to cover the first episode. Uh, there's a lot happening in this first episode, and probably a lot of different takes. Uh, Ruby has something to say. So, Jay, what was your favorite moment in the first episode? Favorite moment in the episode was the cool Christian Korean boy. <laughs> <laughs> that totally just flooded my mind with so many memories of going, growing up um, in Aurelia, going to a Korean school, going to all these KBA picnics, and just how all the Korean parents would always try to hook up their children. <laughs> so was that what hooked you onto the show? Totally, because I, again, I grew up, um, you know, with parents that ran a Korean convenience store. So I definitely could relate to many of the stories that were happening in all the episodes. So I definitely could feel that. And I could actually feel myself as one of the characters in the show as well, too. Oh, that's awesome. So from the first episode, could you kind of 
tell if you have any favorite characters or I mean by now you've watched both seasons do you have any favorite <laughs> characters I'd say by far my favorite character is Appa because <laughs> <laughs> Appa totally reminds us of uh, reminds me of many of our relatives many of our uncles yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> Again, he's very stubborn and he's got a very, but at the same time has a very caring nature, cares about his children mm-hmm. and just a lot of the, um, a lot of the stories that uh, you would have um, with all the characters just brought back a lot of memories. Well, thank you again for joining us today. Uh, and especially thanks to Jay for coming on and telling all the stories. No, that no, we'll- thank you. It was a pleasure <laughs> being here and sharing my experience and also sharing my love of the show as well and how all of us can totally relate to it. So yeah, that's going to be it for today. Again, if you have any comments, questions, or stories to share, email them to whatyoutalkingpodcast at gmail.com or tweet me at mikeyuan82. And remember, this show is marketing conspiracy-free, past best before date, but still pretty good. Until the next time, okay, okay see you.